Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. More than 10 years ago, Kara Jones left Reverend Sun Myung Moon's Unification Church and began to break free from the religious movement of her childhood. She's created a film called Blessed Child, that challenges assumptions about cults and family. She's here today to tell us a little bit about her journey and about the way that she supports others in untethering their voices through the power of telling their personal stories. Are you ready to meet her? Kara Jones is a story coach, writer, and founder of the film production company Storytellers for Good. Her feature-length film, Blessed Child, is a personal account of leaving her family's faith in the Unification Church. The seven-year journey of making the film inspires her current work, helping entrepreneurs untether their voices. Kara is also a former Emmy Emmy Award-winning broadcast journalist, Moth Story Slam winner. Wow, you won. Oh, that's awesome. And her writing has been featured in the Washington Post, HuffPo, and the Boston Globe. Find out more about Kara and her work at Kara-Jones.com. Kara, welcome to Out of the Fog. Karen, it's so nice to be with you. You won the Moth Story Slam? Uh, On a local level here in San Francisco. I I have a secret fantasy where I do that and then I win. But of course, I've never gone, never written a story and never actually showed up for it. But I now would like to be you when I grow up. So there you go. (laughs) Well, um, interestingly, that moth event was the first time that I told this story publicly and ended up being uh, creating a snowball effect with a story that um, I couldn't have imagined when I put my name in the hat that evening. So it was a pretty important event in the grand scheme of this work. The, I, so when I do these interviews, I sit with the material and I come up with some questions I think I want to wanted to ask. And in your case, I wrote down some questions I thought I wanted to ask you. And then I watched your film and the film struck me emotionally on more levels than I was prepared for. And to me, this is a film about about many things, but for me, it really struck me in that place of how we relate to our parents, what family means, how our parents' beliefs and what they teach us, how we carry those into our adult lives, and then sometimes find ourselves trying to extricate ourselves from those beliefs, even while we still love our parents. And I wonder if you can say a little bit about your journey, just so that the listeners know kind of the context of this, but I'd love to hear about your relationship with your parents and their, they agreed to be part of the film. Yes. Yes, they did. Uh, yeah. So for those that don't know the backstory, um, so I was raised in the Unification Church and my parents were some of the earliest members of the movement. And it was founded by Reverend Moon, a Korean man who believed that he was the Messiah and was famous for 
arranging marriages and mass wedding ceremonies, including thousands of people from all over the world getting uh, married at the same time. And he believed that by bringing different races and cultures together in marriage, that these families would become the building blocks of world peace of sorts, among many other beliefs. Um, so I, you know, being born into this, uh, the, the second generation of this movement, uh, we were called, those of us who were born into the church were called blessed children. And it was believed that we were, uh, born without original sin. So one shade holier than the rest of humanity. Um, and so while I actually went to Catholic school and, I didn't live in a commune or, um, you know, have a completely insular sort of upbringing. Um, I uh, very much, you know, took on the belief system that my parents uh, held growing up. And through my journeys through Catholic school and public high school, um, you know, while I you know, participated in the events and did sports and whatnot, I always had this sacred inner life, um, that made me different. I didn't drink, I didn't date. And the love, um, in my family, which runs deep to this day, I have four brothers, um, was very much interwoven with the belief systems of the church. And, uh, I had an arranged marriage when I was 20 and stood in the Seoul Olympic Stadium with 10,000 couples, you know, wearing the same wedding dress as many of the brides. And, um, and I, I, in that moment, had the first seed of doubt planted where I was clenching the hand of this man that I was about to marry. And I'm holding his hand tightly because I want to feel something and I, I don't feel attracted to him. And I'm scared about that, but, you know, I'm in this huge stadium with all these people shouting their vows and it, it, it just felt like, well, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll learn to love him. And that was sort of what we were taught. And so when some years later I left, it wasn't just, uh, leaving a marriage, leaving the church. It felt like leaving my family, um, which, you know, again, we were very close growing up. Um, and I think the, what I discovered in the making of this film, which took me seven years because of all of the emotional hurdles that I had to jump through. Um, I don't even know if hurdles is the right word, but it's more like emotional uh, digging to sort of source my own truth. Um, what I discovered is that, um, so much of what, even the, even when I left the church, I remained um, tied to my parents in a way. Uh, they are still in the church, and so even though I, I didn't believe what I what they believed, there was this deep fear that I had that if I truly left, I would lose the love that we had in our family. Um, and I think the one of the deepest discoveries of this journey for me. Um, was that whereas the religion, I, I sort of subconsciously um, credited the religion for what made us close. Hmm. The journey of this film for me has been about 
learning to tell our different truths to each other in a way that um, over time, and this is still an ongoing process, is creating a, a bond that's based on truth and a deeper honesty and you know the discovery that that can be something that creates closeness um, of another kind and a kind that feels better to me um, has been yeah one of the biggest learnings of this journey. It's when you talk about untethering your voice about telling the truth, and I think for so many of us who, as adults want to like speak truth into systems or uh, connections that are unhealthy or that we no longer feel aligned with um, untether that un- maybe untethering your voice doesn't mean like shouting harsh truths and then knocking everything over, setting it on fire and stomping out with like explosions behind you. It was part of what moved me so much in the film was that that idea of untethering your voice of telling the truth can happen with a kind of a courage to show up as you are and with a with an understanding that say telling the truth sometimes builds more bridges than it destroys even when everybody doesn't agree do you resonate with that yeah absolutely um i think the yeah i've i've never and this was um one of the conflicts that I faced as I was making this film, I come from a journalist, a journalistic background working in television news, and it was all about the sensational story. And I felt like everybody wanted me to tell this sensational story, you know, funders and potential collaborators. And, um, and I felt this pressure for myself, like I've got to have a big explosion Mm. as I'm talking to my parents, you know, and that that would be, you know, somehow the fullest expression of my voice that I I had that story about it. And, um, and, and that somehow I had to make it a bigger deal than it, you know, than just this telling the story itself. And, you know, over the course of these seven years with the help of, uh, people outside of my story. And and this is, you know, part of what inspires my work is that I think it's very hard to see. Sometimes it's, it's hard to see even our own truths. Um, it's like been described as trying to read the, label of the pill bottle from inside, you know, and, um, and so, you know, I had it reflected to me that the story itself, and if I could just tell the story, you know, that is profound enough. And to, you know, sit there with my parents and dialogue with them in a way that was true to who I am, and asked what for me were hard questions um, and stated what for me were hard truths um, at the risk of what felt like to me, you know, potentially losing that relationship, that um, that's where I have found my own version of my voice. And it, at least as I experienced it through the film, it your true voice, that free voice asks questions. It 
holds the line calmly. This is not a film that has shouting or screaming or hysterical sobbing, or this is kind of right. There's thoughtful questions. There's a lot of driving in the film, which I thought was really interesting. All those shots of we're right going from one place to another, moving from, I thought that was so interesting. There's a lot of movement and flow in it. It isn't um, like uh, watching reality television. It's not sensational. It's real people thinking about their choices and, and wondering why they made the choices they did. And now how do I move forward in my life? Mm-hmm. You are listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Kara Jones. Um, she is the filmmaker of Blessed Child, a documentary about her moving away from her family's um, faith in the Unification Church and finding herself. You can find out more about Kara and her work, empowering people to untether their voices at kara-jones.com. So you've, I think, already said some of the reasons that people don't, that we don't share our voices freely. Number one is if we're afraid we're going to burn everything down. Number two, maybe that we're afraid it's not going to be important enough, not big enough right? That you don't really, it's got to be something really big and it's got to have a big climax. What are some other reasons that we don't share? We don't speak our truth. Yeah. um, I think somewhat related to what you were just saying, like there's different flavors for everyone, uh, but we've all had experiences in the past, stories that have happened in the past that have resulted in the holding back, the tethering, the silencing. I mean, I have a, a almost four-year-old now, <laughs> and I know what it's like to live with an untethered voice, <laughs> right? And so, um, and but yet we all have these experiences along the way where it's it becomes unsafe um, to share who we are, whether it's explicit messages or subtle messages, cultural messages. Um, And so what I have found is that in order to start to untether, we need to give ourselves corrective experiences because there's a part of each of us, even though our adult selves knows, like it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be incinerated if I post this on social media, (laughs) if I like put this selfie up here, I am not going to die. Right. There's some younger part of us that is afraid. Mm -hmm. And until that younger part of us, you know, based on those old experiences, those old stories, however, even if they're super subtle, right, they don't have to be huge traumas, right, that happened to us at a young age, but they, um, they're super subtle. And so we need to have corrective experiences where we share the truth and it's okay. And I think one of, again, going back to the film, the biggest journeys, the biggest lessons that I had to learn was that I had this old deep rooted story of, you know, the way that I was raised and what was, what I was told was true and right. And earlier times in my history where when I did get divorced, you know, where my, I felt like 
I did lose my parents to some extent. And yet they've evolved and I've evolved. And for my almost 40 year old self, right, to still believe that was holding my whole life back. And so this film for me was my own corrective experience where I could speak my truth, um, you know, as much as I lost sleep over it. And it was amazing to me how much sleep I lost in the process of doing this because those old fears were still there and they weren't going to go away until I walked through the fire of uh, telling the truth. And, and for me, it, part of my journey was like, tell the truth in a public way at the risk of losing these people that you love the most. and to have not to give the film away, but to have more honesty at the end and love at the end um, has been a profound healing for me. And um, this, this experience, while I don't encourage people that I work with right, or recommend the process of making a film about oneself and one's family after everything I've been through. No, I mean, for me, it was a calling. It was like a, a haunting that wasn't going to let me go. And it gave me a glimpse at a journey that I think we're all here to go on in our own ways, even if it's just about completing a blog post or creating a website or something that uh, I call it the visibility project, right? Something that allows you to be visible as your adult self and allows you to practice telling the truth as your adult self in a public way where you get to remind your body and your nervous system and those old beliefs that are deep down in there that it's okay now, mm. that, um, that it's safe to be who you are now. There's footage in the film of that mass blessing, the, the big marriage in the Olympic Stadium in Seoul. And as part of that ceremony, you were called on to yell and you said you yelled it as hard as you could so that you might believe it more to yell. Yes, yes, yes. And that's a contrast. The way we sometimes are mm, the way we try with extra effort to say yes to things that we know aren't true, things that we know aren't right, things that we don't feel good about. And that's a real contrast to how you find yourself at the end of the film saying yes to things that you want, that you love, that do feel right. And I wonder if you can speak into that. Our voices are so powerful in that yes is powerful when we put it in the service of something that really is good for us, really is in alignment. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the irony of that saying yes in the stadium was that I was saying it in Korean um, with And the Korean word for yes is nay. <laughs> <laughs> nay, nay, nay. But yes, yes. And so there was a lot going on in that moment. Um, I think hmm, growing up with uh, a structure of belief where there was a Messiah and he was the one who could channel um, the truth. And I was there among the thousands of people in that stadium and, you know, hundreds of people growing up sitting in front of him cross-legged in the front row um, who, who genuinely believed that and found safety in 
knowing that someone else had the answer. And so standing in there in that stadium, there was a safety and like, okay, even though I'm feeling this doubt and I'm saying nay, you know, I'm saying yes and no at the same time, you know, there's all these people who believe this with me. And so there's safety in that. And uh, one of the ongoing journeys that I've been on in my life is to um, find safety in my own truth and be able to be in the practice of sourcing my own truth um, and sharing it um, as a reinforcement of a belief in myself, a belief, you know, that I am my own Messiah, that you are your own Messiah, and that if we tune into our own wisdom and have the courage to share those things, um, that that's, you know, every time we do that, we're saying yes and reinforcing and building the muscle of self-trust, um, that I think is one of the most important capacities that we can have in this life. You said that it was a seven year journey to, to making the film when, the when people from the old times um have have seen the film what kind of reaction have you gotten um you mean the church members mm-hmm. mm. yeah um a number of people who are still connected to the church who watched it have said that it was difficult to watch um And at the same time, with the exception of one person, uh, every person that I've heard from has, has remarked uh, from the church, even um, that it was more balanced than they expected that it would be. And that means a lot to me because I grew up with such black and whites, you know, there's good and this is good and this is bad. And, and I was tempted early on to tell the story that way. I had material, right, that could have made this that sensational cult expose film. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it took work, but it, it truthfully was my experience that the whole um, journey, especially the church part, um, it was good and bad, <laughs> um, bad and good. And for my parents, it was and continues to be a source of healing. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, uh, while there are a lot of positive things, there were also a lot of negative things. And to hold the complexity of something being both good and bad at the same time, in some ways, frees me from the old belief system, right? If I had if I had determined everything was good (laughs) and then I went out and made a film that said everything was bad. Right. I'm still in that, um, in those extremes and to be able to tell a story that, you know, some might, some who grew up in the church and had it harder than I did might criticize as not being hard enough on the church. Um, to me, it felt freeing. 
So, Kara, we've just got a moment left together. Can you let the listeners know how they can connect with you and also how they can find the film? Sure. Uh, so the film is online on Amazon, um, iTunes, Google Play. Um, it's also going to be coming out via a new streaming service called Topic, I believe, later this year. Um, and let's see, I uh, can be found on Instagram at this is Kara with a C Jones. So this is Kara Jones. Uh, and you can also find me on my website at www.kara-jones.com. Wonderful. Kara, thank you so much for sharing your journey. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. It was really wonderful to connect with you around this. That's Kara Jones. Her film is Blessed Child, and you can find that on Amazon and on iTunes and soon coming out in other places as well. And you can find out more about Kara and her work at kara-jones.com. Um, also find her on Instagram at this is Kara Jones. And you're always welcome over at KarenHager.com. That's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private session there if you are so inclined. And if you believe, as I do, that when we focus on untethering our voice, telling the truth, open to opening to what is good and true and right in us that we also in a way are opening to what can be good and true and peaceful in the world. I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. That's a project my wife and I have got going where once a month we gather for 15 minutes of guided meditation. You will, um, you're, everyone is welcome to join us on those calls first Sunday of every month. And there's also a, a library of guided meditation there for you to stream anytime you uh, are in the mood to do so. That's at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world. And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.